to the Jiggy Jaguar radio show on the network. Yes, indeed. We are back live here, coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 p.m. Mountain Standard each and every day, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. On-demand podcasts available on iHeartRadio, video live on Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook, and of course, the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network, 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. Before we get to our next segment here on our big broadcast, we want to tell you about one of our incredible new marketing partners. He is destitute. He needs your help. He needs some of your hard-earned money. And we have been talking about this gentleman for the last couple months. Help me fund a master's degree in project management. That's right. The incredible campaign is still live. They launched the campaign to raise 6,500 pounds to contribute toward the cost of education at Northampton University, where he's going to be pursuing a master's degree in project management. And he needs your help. He's been given the incredible chance of a lifetime to pursue a master's degree in project management at Northampton University, which is recognized as one of the most outstanding universities in the United Kingdom by the Teaching Excellence Framework, the TEF. He has an he has become an international student. The United Kingdom does not let his student loan pay for his master's degree studies. He needs your hard-earned money. Go over to GoFundMe.com. That's GoFund.me slash, and you're going to want to write this down, kids. It's GoFund.me slash, the letter A, the letter F, the number three, the number five, the number three, the number six, the number zero. And the letter F. That's GoFund.me slash A F three five three six zero F. He needs your help today. We need you to go over and give him some of your hard earned money. He's helpless. He needs your help. Help him, please. He needs you to go over and help him out. The only help is in our audience. He needs to be keeping much hope on this. He needs your help. He definitely needs your help. Go over and help him out today. We are hoping that you will help him out in this situation. And we promise you that um, he is going to be doing some incredible work if you help him out today. He's in a desperate condition. Your help is really, really valued here. There is simply no way he can tell people about this. He's tried with social media. Everything has not worked. He's managing to get the full amount. He's going to be returning some incredible amounts to us. But uh, we need to make him get some help here. It's amazing. He needs your donations. Please go over and help him out today. This is a brand new true story. And we need he needs your help. Now more than ever. Go over and help him out today and tell him you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. And one more time, it's GoFund.me slash AF35360F. And tell him you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Let's go to our next segment here on our big broadcast. Okay. We are going to seamlessly transition as my music uh, into our next uh, broadcast here. So let's go to our 
first guest, he is going to join us, the fantastic Said Hadar is going to be with us here in just a few moments. The good doctor is going to join us. And uh, we are going to go get the fantastic IQ Al Razzoli, that that man. And uh, we're also going to get the fantastic Dan Perkins, the most dangerous man in America, according to uh, a couple different press people. That uh, Dan has disagreed with their um, with their clients in the past, and so he is now known as the most dangerous man in America. And I love that title, and I think secretly Dan loves that title too. But uh, we are going to go to them here in just a few moments, and uh, we also have with us today our guest. And uh, IQ, I know, is fired up. Good afternoon. There is Dan, and there is IQ. And uh, we have got our first guest with us today, Dr. Saeed Hadar, is with us. And we also got Dan Perkins. And IQ Al-Rizzoli. And, um, water. What is this? So, Dr. Hadar, you are uh, Hello. talking about monkeypox today. Yeah, um, so I think it's important to to tell people, um, you know, some of the facts about this outbreak. Um, the the one that you know is not being really highlighted um, as much as it should be is is the fact that um, this is primarily amongst gay men. So 99% of infections are amongst gay men and 95% of all infections are among men, you know, whether gay or not. Um, And so, you know, that's really important because, you know, people can get, you know, frightened and and the mainstream media doesn't really highlight who the at-risk group is, right? So if you're not a gay man, I mean, this is not a problem for you at this point in time. Um, you know, we've recently just had the first case of confirmed transmission from, you know, a man to his dog, apparently. Um, and there have been a couple of cases, you know, reported in children. So it's not you know, only a sexually transmitted infection. It is primarily, like, almost overwhelmingly a sexually transmitted infection. But there are cases, it can be transmitted asexually as well. So it's basically, if you come in contact with the fluid from the lesions, um, and it's usually skin-to-skin contact that's required, you know, it the, the virus is present in droplets, you know, because it's present yes. in other secretions as well. But it doesn't aerosolize, which means it doesn't hang around in the air for hours and hours. Um, it's very, very difficult to get it from fluid that's been, you know, say you like wipe your bottom or something, you don't wash your hands and you go and touch some some cloth or, your, you know, some like a couch or something. Um, that fluid is not very infectious. It's very difficult to get it from fluid that is not, you know, directly from the person in skin to skin sexual contact. So, so intimate contact. Um, so, so that's the number one thing I think that we need to realize. Um, there are some other things that we should be concerned about though, for the future, you know, where this is headed. And, you know, the most concerning thing to me is that there is, you know, suggestive evidence that this is a bioweapon um, and that it was designed um, to be different than older variants. And and the basic reason is that it's a, it's a very slowly mutating D- double-stranded DNA virus. Um, and the last known variant in the wild is so much different. There's so many mutations in this current variant that it's just, it seems impossible for those to have developed just by chance, by, you know, natural evolution. Um, so that 
is concerning, right? So if it's a bioweapon, um, you know, other variants could be released. You know, we don't have to rely on natural evolution or, you know, it could, um, instead of evolving into a different variant that can infect other, you know, that can infect people, you know, more readily, you know, just another, you know, version of it could be released on populations. And beyond monkeypox, you know, the, the real threat is really smallpox, right? So smallpox is supposedly only in a couple of labs, you know, in a U.S. bioweapons lab and in a Russian lab. But, you know, recently it was found in like the corridor of like a broom closet at Merck for some reason. There were some vials of smallpox. Um that's highly concerning. Um, but the, what's even more concerning is that back in 2017, um, a scientist showed that you can recreate pox viruses from scratch, just from like DNA base pairs, right? Oh, you can fantastic. just order the materials online, spin up a lab, you know, spend like a hundred thousand bucks and create smallpox based on its genetic information that we have, right? We know the genetic code of smallpox. So any sufficiently, you know, motivated terrorist group um, could easily recreate the smallpox virus, create a few, you know, maybe a few hundred pounds of it and release it over population centers. So that that is quite concerning. Um, it doesn't require government, doesn't require government level expertise or government level funding to do that. So I think people should be aware of what may happen in the future. Um, for this reason, you know, the late Zev Zelenko, he, he was telling people, you know, when Bill Gates started talking about smallpox, he was like, you know, I'd take him seriously because he seems to know things before they happen. Um, but he mentioned that the American Indians, you know, 150 years ago had a remedy for smallpox. Um, it's the purple pitcher plant um, that they used. And it was actually published back then in the British Medical Journal and the Lancet, some case series of, you know, Western physicians actually testing this out and showing that it helped their, their smallpox patients. And then in 2012, a scientist at the University of Arizona, uh, his name is William Arndt, he did a lab study of of this, an extract of this purple pitcher plant or Saracenia purpurea and showed that it was very effective at inhibiting replication of smallpox and monkeypox in, in a lab, you know, in a Petri dish. Um, just as effective, by the way, as sidofavir, which is the IV drug that the U.S. government stockpiles for smallpox outbreaks, you know, in case of a bioterror attack of smallpox. And T-pox, you know, is, is a similar oral drug. They're, they're very difficult to get you know, it's hard to get your hands on those drugs. Um, they may work against monkeypox and smallpox. We don't really know, you know, outside of a lab setting. Um, they've been tested against monkeypox and vaccinia virus, which is a similar pox virus, but no one's ever tested anything in the modern world against smallpox in a human being or in a monkey or in, in, in any animal outside of a test tube. So th this is one of the drawbacks of the drugs that are supposedly FDA approved for smallpox and monkeypox. They've never actually been tested on human beings in the real world. Um, so really the only you know thing that you could go out and buy right now um, that may help, again, we don't know for sure, is Saracenia purpurea. So I think you know, Zev Zelenko had the right idea, You know, tell people, hey, there's this herb out there that may help, you know, why not, right? Like, why not hold on to it, you know, keep a supply of it just in case um, this turns into something that's more than just an STD. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Dr. Saeed Hadar is with us. His website is mygotodoc.com. Also, another great website you want to check out is mygotostack.com. Dr. Saeed Hadar is with us today. We're talking about monkey pox and uh, 
IQL Rizzoli. Do you have any questions for Dr. Hadar while we have him here? We are at least a million of them. <laughs> Question number one, who do you think started and where did it start? So this is difficult, you know, it's uh, it's all very speculative, um, you know, it seems to have originated in some, you know, gay festivals. Who released it, you know, I don't know, you, it's just a matter of speculation. It, it's the same speculation involved with COVID. We don't really know where COVID came from, you know, could it have come from the U.S. deep state? Could it have come from the Chinese, you know, bioweapons lab? Um, it, it's very suspicious when you look at the circumstances of COVID's release, you know, it originally affected China and Iran, which are two traditional enemies of the U.S., so it doesn't really make sense. I mean, I don't really buy this, that it was like a lab accident, right, that it spread due to an accident. Um, there, there's a lot of, you know, suggestive um, evidence around the, the originations of COVID that suggests that it was actually the U.S. If the U.S., you know, as Iran and China um, claim, actually tried to attack them with COVID, this may be a counterattack from China. Um, and it may have been specifically formulated to affect, you know, the American gay community. <laughs> you know, it may be, um, have been specifically developed for that reason. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't really know. Um, there are outbreaks of, you know, all kinds of diseases, you know, oftentimes in non-human um, animals, right? And, uh, in bird, you know, in birds, you know, in different countries, you could imagine that those might be kind of bioterror attacks, country against country, to wipe out their supply of chickens or pigs. You know, China has suffered a lot of these um, kind of outbreaks of disease in its um, in its pig stock and its bird stocks. Um, so I think you know the modern warfare is really kind of underhanded, and it's this um, you know total war, right? And and so we don't really know what's going on at the highest levels. We can only speculate. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think people just have to take care and, and be cautious. Um, this doesn't look like a civilizational threat. You know, COVID and the COVID vaccines, um, based on what we know now, are, are far more threatening, you know, in terms of their potential for decimating humanity due to, you know, depopulation than this. But we don't know enough about this yet, right? So... So we're, we're just left, you know, at a very early stage, you know, cast your mind back to the very beginning of the COVID pandemic. We, we didn't really know a whole lot, right? We, we knew barely anything. We know so much now. It's been, you know, highly studied by, you know, thousands of scientists around the world. We're just not at that phase for monkeypox yet. It's, it hasn't become a big, a big enough threat yet to, for enough people to focus on it. So we don't have a great idea of what works for it. And we don't know if there's something hiding in the genome or in the, you know, in the proteins that this virus creates that could cause, you know, problems for fertility. Um, we know that the the vaccine against it, the smallpox vaccine that we have, the Janeos vaccine, the other ones, they, these are some of the most dangerous vaccines we've ever developed. They're not quite as bad as the COVID shots, um, probably not nearly as bad, um, but they are they are not, you know, something to, you know, I, I would seriously consider, you know, whether or not to take those, especially if you're not a gay man, I, I would um, hesitate, um, especially since the monkeypox pandemic so far has been, um, you know, it's been primarily 
uh, disruptive for people's lives in terms of pain, right? There's a significant pain involved for for 10% of people that get hospitalized just for the pain. But there doesn't seem to be any long-term effects, you know, lo no long pox symptoms and, and certainly no deaths. So, yeah, to get back to your, your main question, I just don't know. I mean, who knows, right? I, <laughs> I'm not plugged in at those levels. But that makes it extremely scary. Not knowing is even more dangerous than knowing, obviously. Yeah, so we don't know what we don't know. And, you know, at the end of the day, this could there could be something lurking inside this virus or a future variant of it that could be... Um, you know, that could terribly affect people, that could cause, you know, some kind of long-term syndromes that we don't know yet, right? So we have, you know, just, you know, 30,000, 40,000 cases so far in the world, you know, seven, 8,000 in the U.S. This is not a big enough sample size and we haven't followed them long enough. So we don't know what the long, we, we have no idea if there's going to be affects 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, how this is going to affect people. And you're right. I mean, just the fact that there's suspicion that it is a bioweapon, that would suggest that there may be something very sinister lurking inside this virus, and we just don't know what it is yet. And this is the same for COVID, right? So with COVID, you know, long COVID is a, is a serious problem, but what's more serious was our reaction to it, right? So it's the reaction that I'm worried more about because the real deadliness of the COVID pandemic was in the reaction, right? In Back to the Jiggy Jaguar radio show on the network. Yes, indeed. We are back live here, coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 p.m. Mountain Standard each and every day, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. On-demand podcasts available on iHeartRadio, video live on Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook, and of course, the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. Before we get to our next segment here on our big broadcast, we want to tell you about one of our incredible new marketing partners. He is destitute. He needs your help. He needs some of your hard-earned money. And we have been talking about this gentleman for the last couple months. Help me fund a master's degree in project management. That's right. The incredible campaign is still live. They launched the campaign to raise 6,500 pounds to contribute toward the cost of education at Northampton University, where he's going to be pursuing a master's degree in project management. And he needs your help. He's been given the incredible chance of a lifetime to pursue a master's degree in project management at Northampton University, which is recognized as one of the most outstanding universities in the United Kingdom by the Teaching Excellence Framework, the TEF. He has an he has become an international student. The United Kingdom does not let his student loan pay for his master's degree studies. He needs your hard-earned money. Go over to GoFundMe.com. That's GoFund.me slash, and you're going to want to write this down, kids. It's GoFund.me slash, the letter A, the letter F, the number three, the number five, the number three, the number six, the number zero, and the letter F. That's GoFund.me slash A, F, three, five, three, six, zero, F. He needs your help today. We need you to go over and give him some of your hard-earned money. He's helpless. He needs your help. Help him, please. 
He needs you to go over and help him out. The only help is in our audience. He needs to be keeping much hope on this. He needs your help. He definitely needs your help. Go over and help him out today. We are hoping that you will help him out in this situation. And we promise you that um, he is going to be doing some incredible work if you help him out today. He's in a desperate condition. Your help is really, really valued here. There is simply no way he can tell people about this. He's tried with social media. Everything has not worked. He's managing to get the full amount. He's going to be returning some incredible amounts to us. But uh, we need to make him get some help here. It's amazing. He needs your donations. Please go over and help him out today. This is a brand new true story. And we need he needs your help. Now more than ever. Go over and help him out today. And tell him you heard about it here. Transmedia worldwide. And one more time. It's gofund.me slash AF three five three six zero F. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Let's go to our next segment here on our big broadcast. The lockdowns, uh, the forced masking and the lockdowns and the forced vaccinations, right? So that's where people were really harmed far more than the virus is able to harm anyone. Um, it was the reaction that was harmful. So, you know, there is a concern. How are we going to react to it? In the monkeypox tabletop kind of planning exercise, right? Planning for a monkeypox outbreak that happened about a year before the pandemic, they were planning lockdowns and masking again, even though it makes no sense for this kind of virus at all. I mean, it didn't make sense for a respiratory virus either, but this is, I mean, the, these things shouldn't be seen as trying to control the outbreak. They're, they're more about controlling populations and achieving other ends. You know, the, the people who are, who are most pro lockdowns and who benefited the most for them um, were giant corporations like Amazon and Google, right? They were heavily biased towards, you know, oh, we better have lockdowns, right? But then at the same time, we're enriching ourselves tremendously, you know? There was a movement of wealth, you know, tremendous transfer of wealth, more more than we've ever seen in human history during the COVID pandemic. And and the companies that, you know, suppressed our speech and, you know, kicked people off their platforms for arguing that lockdowns were ineffective or harmful. Um, so those companies benefited the most from them. Another question. The gay community had the AIDS pandemic. Now they have this monkeypox. But so there must be something wrong by being gay. I'm not, not, I'm not interested here in talking about uh, what I'm discussing is racism. This is nothing to do with racism. Gays are not a race mm -hmm. of any nationality, any color, and any race. But there must be something wrong for being gay because AIDS started with homosexuals. And now we have the monkeypox. Does that make sense? So I, I think that's a valid, you know, opinion to hold that uh, if you're gay, you know, you're at higher risk of certain diseases. Um, but it's, it's you don't even have to be gay, right? Like you can, we're 
we're seeing problems even in women who are straight, right? Who are, you know, starting to, um, you know, perform anal sex more often with their partners. Um, they are developing incontinence. They're developing, you know, it's far easier to get a sex, an STD with gay, with anal sex than it is with vaginal sex. Um, they are developing a lot of issues, um, you know, a lot of health issues because they're, you know, taking part in anal sex. So um, I, I think anal sex is the problem. You know, whether or not you're attracted to the same sex, you know, this is not an issue, right? What, what's at issue is what you do about it, right? So if you um, take part in anal sex, then that is a problem. Yeah, it's not a normal sexual activity. It wasn't even considered sex until, you know, the last 40, 50 years. You know, it had a different name, right? So, you know, people didn't consider it to be sexual activity. They, they called it sodomy, right? They had a different name for it. Um, and, and now it's been accepted. That was kind of the first step in the sequence of events that led to gay marriage being accepted was, you know, the first thing we had to accept was that this is a valid form of sex and that like even straight people can do it. Right. And, um, and so, so this is certainly an unnatural form of, you know, intimate activity. Um, it, it's not something the body is designed, the bodies are designed to do. Right. And so it is an unsafe activity just, you know, right out of the gate. So, you know, regular straight sexual activity, you know, vaginal sex, that's, that's something that we're designed to do. We're evolutionarily designed to do that. Um, the, the secretions in the vagina, you know, allow that to happen in a safe manner. Um, whereas with, uh, with anal sex, it's not the case. And, and also just, it's a very dirty region, right? It's not just about not being lubricated well enough. I mean, you can fix the lubrication issue, but, you know, you can't get around the fact that it's just a very dirty place, right? Even if you try to wash it, you can't get rid of the, you know, the bacteria, the bacterial species that inhabit that area. Even if, you know, no matter how many enemas you do, you're not going to completely sterilize it. Um, so, yeah, so certainly I think there are serious problems with it. And I wouldn't wish, you know, um, it upon anyone, right, to be gay, right? I think it, it's far safer to be straight. And, you know, from a religious perspective, I think, you know, a lot of people consider it to be, um, you know, a sin, you know, something that God, you know, speaks against and tells and warns us against. Um, but, you know, at a higher level, you know, sins are things that harm human beings, right? And that harm societies, not just yourself, but other people. And, you know, the LGBTQ movement, which is gaining ground at a tremendous rate, I mean, the Gen Z, 40% of them, nine to 40%, you know, there's different estimates are, you know, identifying as LGBTQ. How does that doesn't just affect them, it affects the future of humanity, the human race, because we're already at below replacement levels in many Western countries and around the world, our birth rates are dropping dramatically. Um, so this, you know, this is part of a depopulation agenda. The spread of these ideas amongst the population um, is a way of depopulating the earth. And if this continues, if, you know, the the trend that we're seeing in the last few generations continues at the same rate the the generation that is now being born, you know, the next generation after Gen Z, whatever they're going to call it, alpha, whatever, um, is, I mean, they may all identify as LGBTQ. That's how quickly this thing is gaining ground. Um, and, and those people are far less likely to have children, 
right? At least naturally. I mean, they may adopt some children from somewhere else, but that, that's not enough, right, to sustain humanity. If our population, you know, dramatically decreases in the next 50 years, it'll be far worse than anything we saw anywhere in human history. There will be, you know, tremendous famines, right? There will be um, war, there, you know, will break out, um, you know, property prices will collapse, stock market, you know, it will collapse, you know, the companies won't be able, you know, these companies are running constantly breakneck speed to keep ahead of inflation. They have to keep, you know, expanding their markets. There's not going to be any markets to expand into because the people will all be gone. Um, it just it just takes a couple more generations for, for this to play out. And so I think we're already in the end game. I, I don't know that there's any way to reverse course at this point. It doesn't require, you know, a vaccine to depopulate the earth. It just requires, you know, our behaviors, right? And we've already changed the behavior of people and, you know, inculcated these ideas into them. So, so this is, I think, the real reason why it's a, it's an evolutionary dead end to have these ideas spread in a society. What that means is the societies that take on those ideas, they don't have to be destroyed by fire and brimstone like Sodom and Gomorrah. They will just wipe themselves out by not having babies, right? And, you know, who will inherit the earth? It will be, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth, as it says in the Bible. But basically the people who, you know, continue to, to think that we should have babies, right, that, that believe in the traditional family. The other problem with it beyond this, which is, you know, the most severe problem, but a less severe problem is that the nuclear family is being destroyed by these ideas. Um, and, and the nuclear family we know from sociological research from decades of it is kind of like the base unit of a healthy society. Without it, you have far worse outcomes in, in children. Right. And as they grow up, they do worse in every category, whether it's, you know, wealth creation, happiness, longevity, you know, health span, um, you know, anything, education, you know, all the outcomes are far worse if you have broken, you know, broken families. It's interesting because I have on many occasions with JJ, I have always said the nuclear family is the basis for the collapse or the evolution of a society. And what's happening in Western world? the Western world, all this is collapsing. With a, I think by the year 2050, and I'm not even exaggerating, not because I'm a scientist or something, but I'm a very logical person, at least I hope I think I am. By 2050, the European people will be vanishing. They are at a rate, they cannot replace themselves at 1.73. 1.73 is irreversible. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, you're right. And and so this is the, you know, it's wiping out entire races. That's exactly what I'm saying here. I mean, what could be worse than destroying entire races, right? This is like, this is genocide, but played out in a different way, right? It's not with bombs. It's with ideas. Tragedy is self-inflicted. Yes. Western society is destroying itself with these, with these ideas. Lack of morality, lack of sense you know, sensibility, all emotion, no rational thinking. That's yeah, so what what could be more evil, right? You are leading to the destruction of future human beings, right? Like you are, um, you know, all those people who are not having babies, these are all these, you know, human beings that are going unborn, right? So without, if these ideas were not, you know, roaming around the earth and infecting people's minds, um, we would have far more people in the future. So, you know, spreading these ideas, nothing could be more evil, right? Or, or very few things could be more evil. Um, and so, so why is it 
immoral, right? Why do why did past societies um, come to this decision that this is an immoral activity? This is something that's wrong, right? It's not just something that was like pulled out of thin air, right? So, so certainly some people believe, you know, it comes from God, it comes from above, you know, we're told this, but, you know, just like you're saying, just for somebody who's logical, who kind of like plays things out in their mind, they can understand why these things are evil because of the effect that they have on the world and on human societies. You know, evolutionary dead ends are not good for, for the culture. They're not good for the, for the people. They're not good for the race. Right. So, so, you know, any, you know, we've been around, you know, human beings have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. If there's, you know, you know, based on the the research that we've done at least, um, if not longer. And so if you believe in evolution, you should also believe that ideas can evolve. Right. And, and races and peoples that take on certain ideas, if they lead to the destruction of that race, those ideas will die out, right? So there is no, you know, ancient culture that survived that is doing what we're doing now, right? That has taken on these ideas to such a great extent, right? Without vanishing, without a trace. They all vanish without a trace. You know, I'm sure it happened before, like Sodom and Gomorrah. There were civilizations that took on these ideas and then they vanished, right? And what I'm saying is it doesn't take, you know, comet coming down from God, you know, to destroy that civilization. It will destroy itself. It's self-destructing. And so, so this is the very definition of evil when what you are doing is affecting other people around you and future generations that won't be born because of the ideas that you're propagating. It's very interesting that both in Judeo-Christianity and in Islam, the two items that we are discussing now, which are literally reverse, reversing the future of humanity, which is homosexuality, whether male or female, and the the murder of the unborn and semi-born of born, in the Bible it said, and in the Quran says, go forth and multiply and do not commit sodomy. Interesting. That's exactly what we're talking about. And nothing to do with God. It has absolutely nothing to do with God. It is unnatural. Full stop. Right. I mean, God doesn't benefit from it, I think, maybe is what you're trying to say. It's not like he's telling us to avoid those things for his benefit, right? We, we can't benefit God in any way. So um, these things are for our benefit, right? So so all the all everything that is moral is for the, you know, the benefit of humanity, for the, you know, for leading, it leads to human flourishing. And so I think all of these ideas about depopulation, um, I think the real agenda, you know, is not that, you know, we need to lessen the impact of human beings on the planet, you know, because of climate change and all that. I, I think that, you know, that's a red herring. That, that's something that's just meant to distract us and give us a, a good sounding story for why the elites, you know, want to depopulate the earth. I think the real concern that they have is that the pitchforks may come out and that we may, you know, depopulate them before they depopulate us um, and we'll overthrow them. So I think throughout human history, you know, the, the elite members of society have always lived in fear of a popular uprising. And so all the all the ideologies that we see spread throughout the world today, um, they have two goals, I think. One is depopulation, you know, in the short, mid or long term. And the second one is to, to divide people, right, so that they are not unified and that they don't realize that they're, you know, they're pri the primary things that most people care about are common amongst all of us, right? We just want to be able to make enough money to take care of our family and grow old together and, you know, lead healthy, happy lives. Um, 
but we're we all spend all of our days just like arguing and bickering with each other over these minor differences. JJ, it's a pleasure having the doctor because he's only confirming what I've been telling you. <laughs> let yes. the people with yes. pitchfork go up and overthrow the system. The system will destroy the pitchfork and the people. It's that simple. It's not complicated, honestly. And then the outsider, not even a scientist, that the doctor is knowledgeable, and he's saying exactly the same thing. Yeah, I think the why why is the end game coming now, right? Because you know you can envision a future not very far off where robots can take care of these elites, right? Where you don't need human beings in the picture anymore. You have AI and you have robotics um, just coming to fruition in the in the next you know few years to decades, and um, and that's how long it's going to take for you know populations to collapse. You know, in the next 20, 30 years, populations looks like they will collapse, right? Without I mean, it doesn't seem like we can turn that back. And at the same time, we're going to see the rise of robotics and artificial intelligence. Um, and what, once you have robot armies, right, it may not matter how many people there are anymore. Um, right now, we have far, far too many people for, uh, you know, the elites to keep us, you know, under control if we all decided to rise up with one voice and demand something. Um, this is the thing they fear the most. They don't have enough guns or tanks or bombs or predator drones to, you know, to quell all of us, to, to control all of us. But, you know, one day in the not too distant future, they may have the tools that they need to control any number of people. Right. And so we need to avoid that kind of dark future from happening and from, you know, coming to the fore, you know, so there, there's going to be, um, it's not just going to be, you know, robot armies, but there's going to be, you know, tiny robots flying around, robot swarms, you know, it's just going to be total surveillance state, right? And so once that state is in place, um, there, it will be very difficult, if not impossible, for a popular uprising to, to take place. I'm sorry to hear this, but you're right. It's scary, but it is absolutely coming. There's no question. And it's happening as we speaking. The CIA can monitor terrorists in Africa or the southern hemisphere from 25,000 feet or 30,000 feet mm. in real time with birds, which are literally mm. robotic, with yeah. bees, which are robotic with cameras, and they can monitor the visually and auditor the conversation. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the scale of this is beyond people's imagining, right? You can't even understand the scale at which this is being rolled out right now. So they can drop, you know, sensors into Afghanistan or any country that they want, you know, on the ground that have can and just spread them across like giant swaths of territory. They have cameras. They have, you know, they have audiovisual capability, but they also have like seismic sensors, chemical sensors. I mean, they can they can know what's going on with complete awareness, complete situational awareness of, of any field of battle um, to an extent that's never been imagined or possible before. And if you just scale that up over the next you know few years to decades, you get to the point where you have kind of a, a surveillance net covering the entire planet where you can't do or say or go anywhere without somebody knowing, right? Some artificial intelligence knowing what you Back to the Jiggy Jaguar radio show on the network. Yes, indeed. We are back live here coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. 
2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 p.m. Mountain Standard each and every day, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. On-demand podcasts available on iHeartRadio, video live on Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook, and of course, the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network, 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. Before we get to our next segment here on our big broadcast, we want to tell you about one of our incredible new marketing partners. He is destitute. He needs your help. He needs some of your hard-earned money. And we have been talking about this gentleman for the last couple months. Help me fund a master's degree in project management. That's right. The incredible campaign is still live. They launched the campaign to raise 6,500 pounds to contribute toward the cost of education at Northampton University, where he's going to be pursuing a master's degree in project management. And he needs your help. He's been given the incredible chance of a lifetime to pursue a master's degree in project management at Northampton University, which is recognized as one of the most outstanding universities in the United Kingdom by the Teaching Excellence Framework, the TEF. He has an he has become an international student. The United Kingdom does not let his student loan pay for his master's degree studies. He needs your hard-earned money. Go over to GoFundMe.com. That's GoFund.me slash, and you're going to want to write this down, kids. It's GoFund.me slash, the letter A, the letter F, the number three, the number five, the number three, the number six, the number zero, and the letter F. That's GoFund.me slash A, F, three, five, three, six, zero, F. He needs your help today. We need you to go over and give him some of your hard-earned money. He's helpless. He needs your help. Help him, please. He needs you to go over and help him out. The only help is in our audience. He needs to be keeping much hope on this. He needs your help. He definitely needs your help. Go over and help him out today. We are hoping that you will help him out in this situation. And we promise you that um, he is going to be doing some incredible work if you help him out today. He's in a desperate condition. Your help is really, really valued here. There is simply no way he can tell people about this. He's tried with social media. Everything has not worked. He's managing to get the full amount. He's going to be returning some incredible amounts to us. But uh, we need to make him get some help here it's amazing he needs your donations please go over and help him out today this is a brand new true story and we need he needs your help now more than ever go over and help him out today and tell him you heard about it here transmedia worldwide and one more time it's gofund.me slash af353 60F. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Let's go to our next segment here on our big broadcast.
you are doing and saying. And eventually they'll know what you're thinking, right? I mean, they already are there, right? Google already knows what you're thinking. If you if you don't know that, I mean, you just, I mean, every, I think everyone at this point has had this experience that like, you know, you start typing something in and Google already knows what you want, right? It's like the first suggestion. Um, sometimes you're carrying on a conversation about something and then you go to your phone and, and Google knows, you know, it seems to know what you were talking about. Um, so, you know, predictive AI has gotten to the point where Google knows more about you than anyone else in the world, right? It knows more about you than your children and your spouse and your parents um, just because you've taught it, right? Um, we're teaching AI about us, and eventually it'll get to the point where any government, you know, we will certainly have pre-crime, right, um, being rolled out everywhere, right? So you're going to have the cops beating down your door because, and they will say that, you know, based on our AI algorithms, you know, you were about to go commit a crime. Um, so, so all of this is coming it's a, it's a you know a state of affairs which should really frighten people. I don't think there's any way to frighten people enough. I think it will have to get so terrible before people try to fight back. But the the concern is, will it be too late? Right? I, I don't think it will be. I mean, I think that you know God will you know help us in the end. You know, um, you know both the Muslims and Christians believe in the in the second coming of Christ. Right? That that Christ will return at the end of days and help us defeat the you know the Antichrist. So I, you know, I, I'm a Muslim myself. You know, I believe that this, um, you know, prophecy will will eventually come true, and we may be getting close to that time. Um, you know, and we may be getting close to the time of the the emergence of the Antichrist. Just, I mean, looking at the way things are developing, um, you know, this we're going to get to a very very bad place in the next few decades. I think within our lifetimes. Sorry to hear that, but it's true. Yes, and without God, even we are self-destructive. Sodom and Gomorrah also, okay, they had divine intervention somehow. Maybe our divine intervention is our own self-destruction. No, no future generations, no future, full stop. Frightening, honestly frightening. I promise you, I worry more about my children and grandchildren than I worry about myself. Tomorrow, the after tomorrow, I'm dead. I know. Mm. That's destiny. Two things are destiny, tax and death. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the the positive thing here, I mean, that people always need to keep in mind is, you know, things might get very bleak, um, but the next world is forever, right? This world is for a short period of time. Um, we're here for, you know, the blink of an eye compared to, you know, the extent of our, you know, future existence in the next world. So, you know, just do the right thing, whether or not you win in this world, it doesn't really matter. You know, what's more important is the next world. I hope you're right. No more questions. Well, there are millions of questions, obviously. I mean, we can continue asking the same about what's happening, not only with uh, monkeypox. I mean, these diseases that are coming now, as you said, it could have been done in a lab laboratory by a person, not an institution, not a government. And this is more, cr more frightening than if it is a government. At least with the government, you can control it. But yeah, I mean, if the, if it is something that's kind of been put into play, you know, like, again, it's very suspicious the way that the tabletop exercise um, 
seem to almost precisely predict the date of the monkeypox outbreak. So they did the tabletop exercise more than a year ago where, you know, supposedly there was, you know, planning, you know, just to be prepared in case of a, you know, strange variant of monkeypox that is, you know, released by a terrorist group on the world. And um, it's, proves to be resistant to vaccines and treatments and it spreads and it kills, you know, hundreds of millions of people and infects billions of people. Um, so this was the exercise that was done. But the, but the very strange thing about it is that in that exercise over a year ago, um, the date of this future, you know, fictional, quote unquote, fictional pandemic was May 15th, 2022. I mean, almost to the day, right, within a day or two, of the actual outbreak of monkeypox, a new variant of monkeypox, just like that, you know, exercise seem seemingly predicted. Um, and so, so if there's something, you know, um, if it's more than coincidence, right, <laughs> then, then I think the exercise is quite concerning because that exercise was in a variant that was resistant to all treatments, all known treatments, and it went on to kill hundreds of millions of people and, and infect billions of people. So we will see, you know, the there is kind of a timeline in that exercise for, you know, the spread of cases around the world. So, I mean, let, let's see what happens. You know, on, on one hand, you know, is it real? Is it fake? Is it a planned is it a case demic? I don't know, right? Like if we do enough testing at a high enough cycle count, you can have as many cases as you want in the world and as many deaths, right? Because, you know, it doesn't matter what you die from. It can be called a monkeypox death. Um, so, so that, again, is one of the things I'm more concerned about, that there, there, there's really nothing there or there's not much there. But you can still have tremendous harm wreaked upon the world, you know, just tremendous havoc wreaked upon the world just by the response and by this, you know, fake pandemic that you create out of nothing. You create it from, you know, cases that are just, you know, a reflection of, you know, the, the testing done improperly at too high cycle counts and using PCR tests the way they shouldn't be used. And, you know, perhaps somebody has some, you know, an outbreak of pimples and they have, a, you know, a cough and they test positive for monkeypox. I mean, it could just be pimples and a cough, right? Um, and, uh, you know, the cycle count is set so high that it's just like detecting monkeypox when there's nothing there. Um, and then some of those people are going to die from something, right, from a motorcycle accident or from skydiving. And they're going to be listed as monkeypox tests, just like we had with COVID. So it's like deja vu all over again, right? It's like we've been through this thing before. Like we know where they can go with this. It doesn't have to be a dangerous illness or a dangerous disease for most people for it to be dangerous for the world and for humanity. So that's what really concerns me, that it's going to be abused, right, by the same people that abused COVID. They're going to abuse this the same exact way maybe in order to kind of, you know, interfere with the coming elections in the U.S., the, the midterm elections, or just to seize more power, right? Government, you know, our government seems to, you know, all governments, I think, they, they just seize more and more power. And, and people in power always want more power and they want more control. Well, maybe the only solution is when they start dictating, we, the people, should not abide. Very simple. If millions upon millions will not abide, they can't impose it. Exactly. At this point, we still have that power, right? The, we have the power, but we have to join forces. We have to set aside these differences that we are keeping us divided. And we have to, we have to realize that, you know, 
there are forces at play in the world that are aiming to divide us. I mean, it's very easy nowadays, right? You have, you can just roll out an army of bots to like, you know, divide people online in Twitter threads, you know, just to stir up dissension and discord. And so this is the way actually in the Quran that the devil is described in one of the last, um, you know, uh, chapters of the Quran. It's a, it's a force that comes into like a, a crowd and, and whispers something and then disappears, right? And you and you don't know who said it, right? But like suddenly it can, you know, the the crowd can just go wild, right? With um, you know, th- this these words that are inserted in, you know, by some you know vanishing force, um, can rile people up, right? And cause discord. And and so this is what the devil does. Th- these are very you know devilish tactics that are being used nowadays online. And you know this is one of the reasons that. The internet is, you know, it's it's not a very safe place for human beings. Certainly social media is is not safe for human beings. It's a way of population control. It's a way of brainwashing people. Um, it's a way of manufacturing consent, you know. Um, so, so the manufacture of consent has been taken to the utmost degree now um, online. And, and Facebook has shown, you know, there, there was this study that they did that where they can, you know, change the way people feel, right, based on their Facebook feed, what they're shown. Um, so governments, you know, have funded the development of Google and Facebook. You know, DARPA has funded them. These are, you know, arms of the federal government and arms of the deep state, arms of our, you know, military industrial complex. And so, you know, the Internet itself, you know, was funded by DARPA way back in the day. So, you know, like the, the root, it's a poisoned root. Right. And so, you know, I, I understand that it's necessary. You know, I'm using it obviously right now, but you have to, you know, be very, very careful with it. I mean, you're dealing with a destructive device, a destructive force. I mean, you should deal with it very carefully as if you're you know, handling an explosive, right? Like you're handling dynamite. Um, you need to have very clear boundaries around it and keep your kids off of it. Okay. It's not a safe place for children at all. They're, they're just not mature enough to deal with it. Most, most adults are not mature enough to, to set proper boundaries around their internet (laughs) use and their, and their phone use and their social media use. Certainly children are not capable of it. How do you control the children? I mean, if if in today in the rules of engagement in Europe and America, if you discipline your child, you are an abusive father. I was born in the Middle East. Discipline was the most important single item in the family. The father, whether he was abusive or not, was a disciplinarian. We had to obey. Uh, in Europe, nobody obeys. Nobody. I mean, literally nobody. That's yeah, so we, we are spoiling our children rotten, unfortunately. Yeah. And, um, you know, what's so unfortunate about it is that it'll come back to bite you later, right? When you need them to take care of you and your elder, you know, in your older age. Um, but I, I totally agree that we, we need to... You know, obviously there's, you know, there are ways to discipline and, you know, there are different kind of ideas around it. But certainly if you can train a dog to do something, you should be able to train a child. Right. And we are to the point where, like, we can't train our children to do anything that we want. So we, you know, we're um, less capable than dog trainers. Okay, we should be, you know, going to the dog trainer, asking them, how do you train a dog? Right. It's not that hard to try. A child is smarter than a dog. You should be able to train a child 
child if you can train a dog. And so, I mean, it's very simple. You know, it's basically like carrots and sticks. I mean, that's what training is, right? So um, there's different kinds of carrots and different kinds of sticks, and they can be more severe and less severe. And probably the best training is, you know, the encouragement. Um, but, you know, a lot of us were not trained properly by our own parents or by, you know, the society. And and now yeah, I think you're right. To the, we're to the point where it's almost dangerous to, you know, to discipline your child. And, and what's even more dangerous is if they think that they're, you know, in the wrong body to tell them that they're not and to suggest that maybe you should, you know, change your idea or, or take them out of school or put them into counseling or something. Um, the entire society is being arrayed against parents. And so parents have to be very careful that, you know, it's so important not to allow evil ideas to even get planted in your children's brains, right? Which is why you need to get them off of media of all kinds. Like, don't let them watch cartoons and, you know, don't let them watch movies and shows, let alone the internet, because you don't even want them to know that the thing exists, right? This is the way that traditional, you know, societies would shelter their children from evil. Um, they're just not old enough to be able to parse certain information, right? They just can't make sense of it or understand it. They have a magical view of the world. They, they think in a magical way. So if you tell like a five-year-old, that John became Jane, right? They they think it's literal. They think it's like, like some kind of magic wand was waved and like everything is chained and changed in this person and they're actually the opposite sex. Um, and so these ideas being planted, LGBTQ ideas, you know, trans ideas being planted in children's brains is is a form of psychological child abuse. And and this is what we are allowing to happen to our children. So so parents really have a tremendous responsibility. Um, you have to think of the the effect of of your actions, not only on your children, but on their children and their children and future generations. So, so just, you know, the choices that a parent makes right now can affect, you know, thousands of people into the future and, and not just the, the descendants, but the people that they interact with as well. Right. Um, so, so you're, you know, why, you know, why do religions, how can you make sense of this like eternal punishment and eternal reward for like a lifetime of 70 years? So, so the way you make sense of that is because of really the tremendous nature of your impact on the people in the world around you, but also because your intention is kind of, you know, eternal. It's like, as long as I stay alive, I'm just going to keep being me. Right. And so, so the intention, first of all, is, is an eternal attention, um, intention and, and at the same time, your impact is far greater than you imagine, you know, on, on the world around you, on the people around you, and on future generations. There's absolutely no doubt that every individual impacts all the people around them. There's no question. And it's a ripple effect also. It's a ripple effect. It affects everyone. Yeah, you impact the entire planet at the end okay. of the day, right? Yeah. 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 It's interesting. You come from Bangladesh originally, or your parents. Am I right? Uh, no. So my father is Pakistani, so close, and my mother is American. She's Swedish, British, so there's a mix. So. Okay, I come from the Middle East. In both cases, we have no nuclear families. We have extended families. Mm. And we are thinking in exactly the same way, that the nuclear, fam that, that the nuclear family is a destructive entity, that homosexuality is against nature. We're not discussing here in the Bible. It's not natural, no question. It's not natural. Uh, as far as I, I know from the figures, only 1.6 or 1.7% of humanity is gay. So we talk about 98 plus, which are not gay. So the natural 
system is 98%, not the 1.6, 1.7%. I hope we can solve the problem, but I don't, I, don't, I can't see it, honestly, I can't see it. Two people are too, they're not stupid, but they are not knowledgeable. That's a tragedy. They're not willing to read, they're not willing to study, they're not willing to research. People tell me they have no time. That's bullcrap. I have time. We've got 24 hours. Spend one hour in research. And I mean, this research, you can go on Google, you can go to, Ch to the Chinese sources, you go to the American sources, you go to French sources, you go to Arab sources. There are many sources you can listen to. And then make your own evaluation. That's what I do. That's exactly what I do. I don't listen to the BBC only because I get brainwashed or CNN same way, but I've got to listen to CNN, the BBC, and all the others to make an informed decision. Not many people can do that. Yeah, I agree. I think people need to understand that uh, even the schools are not safe for children. You know, I left those out before. The schools are just a place to go and get programmed, right, to be a good worker bee for a society. And, and they're not really a place to get an education. They're a place to be, you know, trained to be, you know, a good citizen. Of, of the country. And that's the way they were designed, honestly speaking, right? So, and, and now it's very clear, it's very plain for all to see that they're not really teaching much of anything anymore, right? Um, and and the fact that we, you know, we, we um, you know, make noises that we're, oh, you know, education is so important and, you know, oh, you know, we need to solve this problem or anything, but there's really no, you know, political will to solve it. And it's never going to be solved because of the teachers unions. And at the end of the day, I would argue that no one really cares if it's solved or not. Right. The, the schools are doing the job that they're meant to do, which is to control children, give them a worldview and an understanding of history and get them ready for the mainstream media to continue their, you know, their miseducation into the future. Um, so, so there is no education, you know, in, in most schools for most children. Um, you know, obviously there's exceptions, you know, the AP classes, which are, you know, being done away with in many places. Um, so, so even the, you know, the children you know, who, are typically, you know, join the elite in one way or another, or, or the upper middle class. Um, they are, you know, at, at risk of, you know, being demolished as well. Unfortunately, um, there, there's always going to be a place for the really smart kids to learn something. Um, but the vast majority of the kids in school are not there to learn anything. Right. And, and that's why it doesn't really matter whether they pass math or English or whatever. And, you know, and so now we're seeing, you know, just, you know, everyone is passing, right. You're just passing everyone, right. Just because you can't keep anyone behind and you can't, you know, um, have a difference in outcome, you know, based on your race, um, or your sex. And, and so everyone kind of has to have the same outcome when, when everyone has the same outcome, the, the smartest and the best find another way to differentiate themselves. And so, so this is, you know, one of the, one of the ways they differentiate themselves is with all this like woke language, right? It's very complicated to learn, you know, and keep up to date with the latest terminology, right? And the latest like changes in the culture, how quickly culture is changing. I think this is one of the reasons because it's kind of your entry pass into the ranks of the elite, right? When you can't, you know, present your SAT scores or your college grades anymore, um, what do you have left, right? You have to have some other marker of intelligence and, you know, um, status. And, and so this is kind of a status symbol, being able to speak the way the elite speak. Um, it's, a, it's a language of their own, right? <laughs> um, and, and it takes a lot of effort to 
keep abreast of the latest changes, right? And the latest shifts in the, you know, cultural landscape, you know, what's, uh, what's the latest firing offense? You know, if you say it on Twitter, you know, uh, two years from now, you'll, you know, suddenly be a pariah. Um, you know, you look back on the past, you know, if, you know, you could say something, you know, maybe 50 years ago, you know, the things that our grandparents said, you know, we would, you know, blush at now and, you know, think we're terrible. But, but now our society, the speed of change is so rapid that it could be like something somebody was thought was normal five years ago. Everyone like didn't blink, you know, or think twice about it. Um, and, and now five years later, it's suddenly, you know, if you, if that resurfaces on Twitter, um, it, uh, suddenly leads to the person being, you know, an outcast from society. Uh, so I think this is one of the ways that, um, you know, elite systems continue to remain relevant by finding new ways to distinguish themselves. Okay. This no is, more questions. This has definitely been a fantastic uh, conversation here. We have got a great guest with us today. Saheed Hadar joins us. Uh, the good doctor is with us. We also have IQ Al-Rizzoli. And um, so, doctor, as we wrap up here uh, with you, uh, how do we get all of your products and get involved with you online and all these things? Yeah, so there's there's a couple of places where you can find me. The the first one is my go-to doc, like you said at the beginning, um, and that's a place where you can connect to my practice. You can register for free. You can ask medical questions for free. You can request prescriptions. Um, and then my go-to stack is our supplement line. You can find the Saracenia purpurea there at mygotostack.com. That's m-y-g-o-t-o-s-t-a-c-k.com. Um, and you know, I, I am on some social media sites. I mean, I have a rumble channel. It's Dr. Syed Hyder doc, uh, just at Dr. Syed Hyder, D R S Y E D H A I D E R. Um, you know, and you know, I have a Facebook group, um, or a Facebook, um, you know, I'm present on Facebook, whatever that's called a Facebook profile. Um, it's the same. I think all of my handles on social media are probably the same. It's at D R S Y E D H A I D E R. Um, I'm not super active nowadays on social media, but, um, you know, we're working on it. We're, we're working on creating some more content for people. So those are the places you can go. So IQ, what, what, what did you think of today's conversation with the good doctor? Very informative and very frightening. <laughs> well, that's, uh, <laughs> I guess that's always good. Um, IQ, as we wrap up here, how do we get your books and everything, my friend? All you have to do is Google my name, El Rasuli, A L R A S O L I. That's it. That's it. Well, uh, that's well, IQ, thanks for doing this, my friend. And, uh, well, doctor, it was a pleasure being with you. Doctor, yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, this was really fun. You're amazing, Thanks. my friend. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks, gentlemen. All right. Thanks. Appreciate Bye. it. There they go. That is Dr. Saeed Hadar and uh, IQ Al Rizzoli. And that will wrap it up here for this edition of our big program. We are going to uh, have a special guest in our next broadcast. But uh, before we do that, we'll see you a while ago. Back to the Jiggy Jaguar radio show on the network. Yes, indeed. We are back live here, coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 PM Mountain Standard each and every day, 24 7 at JiggyJaguar.com. 
on-demand podcasts available on iHeartRadio, video live on Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook, and of course the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network, 50-plus AMF stations across the country and around the world. Before we get to our next segment here on our big broadcast, we want to tell you about one of our incredible new marketing partners. He is destitute. He needs your help. He needs some of your hard-earned money. And we have been talking about this gentleman for the last couple months. Help me fund a master's degree in project management. That's right. The incredible campaign is still live. They launched the campaign to raise 6,500 pounds to contribute toward the cost of education at Northampton University, where he's going to be pursuing a master's degree in project management. And he needs your help. He's been given the incredible chance of a lifetime to pursue a master's degree in project management at Northampton University, which is recognized as one of the most outstanding universities in the United Kingdom by the Teaching Excellence Framework, the TEF. He has an he has become an international student. The United Kingdom does not let his student loan pay for his master's degree studies. He needs your hard-earned money. Go over to GoFundMe.com. That's GoFund.me slash, and you're going to want to write this down, kids. It's GoFund.me slash the letter A, the letter F, the number three, the number five, the number three, the number six, the number zero. And the letter F, that's GoFund.me slash A, F, three, five, three, six, zero, F. He needs your help today. We need you to go over and give him some of your hard-earned money. He's helpless. He needs your help. Help him, please. He needs you to go over and help him out. The only help is in our audience. He needs to be keeping much hope on this. He needs your help. He definitely needs your help. Go over and help him out today. We are hoping that you will help him out in this situation. And we promise you that um, he is going to be doing some incredible work if you help him out today. He's in a desperate condition. Your help is really, really valued here. There is simply no way he can tell people about this. He's tried with social media. Everything has not worked. He's managing to get the full amount. He's going to be returning some incredible amounts to us. But uh, we need to make him get some help here. It's amazing. He needs your donations. Please go over and help him out today. This is a brand new true story. And we need he needs your help. Now more than ever. Go over and help him out today and tell him you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. And one more time, it's GoFund.me slash AF35360F. And tell him you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Let's go to our next segment here on our big broadcast. 